Hi, I'm Rosie Acosta. I'm a meditation teacher, speaker, and author of You Are Radically Loved, a healing journey to self-love. Look, I grew up in East Los Angeles during the 92 LA riots, and it set me on a troubled path. I didn't grow up with mentors in my life, so I turned to reading as many books as I possibly could to learn about the purpose of life. In my journey, I found that having these conversations gave me life, and I decided I wanted to create a place where I could share these conversations with my community. So come have a sit with me as we learn about, well, everything. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Radically Loved podcast. We have a very special guest today. It's been a while since I've, I'm not going to say stalker, but since I've sought (laughs) authors because I'm very fortunate that I work with some really great publishing houses that they send me people and, and I get, you know, some really great suggestions and they make up the roster for the Radically Loved podcast. But this specific author, I literally went seeking for. I found her, I got her book, and I was just like, who is this person? I need to know her. I love her writing. Her name is Jancy Dunn. And she's a New York Times bestselling author of eight books. She frequently writes about parenting for the New York Times and about health and relationships for Vogue. She is a former sex columnist for GQ. I asked that with mm-hmm. a question. Oh, yeah. She is a former MTV VJ, which maybe we can discuss a little bit on the show. Her <laughs> book, How Not to Hate Your Husband After Kids, was published in 12 languages. And I'll tell you, so... This, How Not to Hate Your Husband After Kids, I don't have kids, but can I just tell you that this book saved my relationship? That made me so happy because I knew you didn't have kids and I thought, oh my God, she read it anyway and liked it. Like, there's, <laughs> Imagine being me and hearing that. It's so, so nice to hear that it was helpful for you. Yeah. Well, we have dogs, but obviously it's a little bit different, but I think it was just like the core messaging about understanding the other person and compromising and and really understanding like what this relationship is about. Like, how do we create a relationship where I don't want to kill you half the time? And so, yeah, I mean, again, I sought you out. I know I have a lot of parents that listen to this show. And so I thought, I'm like, I know that there's people that will really love this conversation. And outside of that, the way that you write is so inspiring to, I'm going to call myself still an aspiring writer, even though I've- No, you're an author. I know, but still, you know, there's still a little bit of that. Eh, Let me, let me get a couple more under my belt and I'll, I'll get into that. that, But, but thank you so much for being on the show and for being here. And I'm in my car (laughs) because- because um, uh, there's being my floors are being worked on in my living room and my kid has friends over and I just am escaping to my car. So I'm here in my car for you. Thank you. And so happy to be here. So I wrote the book. I want to keep throwing it back to you because you're, are you going to write another book? You're thinking about it, right? Are uh, you? Yeah, I, I started, I started the proposal for the next one. Mm, okay. Yeah. Feeling good about it? I'm feeling, I don't know. I feel like right after, obviously you're the best person to talk to about this since you've done it so many times, but I think after You're Radically Loved came out like that week that she was born into the world, 
I was super motivated. I'm like, okay, next book. I got to start right away. This is the next topic. And this is what I want to write about. And here's the outline. And I, I wrote the table of contents and I was just really motivated. And then about a month after doing mm -hmm. interviews and promoting and, and doing all the things, the train kind of slowed down a little bit. I and yeah, so it's been two months and although I feel very much compelled to write book number two, I'm a little, a little bit of a crossroads to what book two should be now. I was so confident two months ago and now I'm feeling mm. a little bit insecure. That's the truth. Right. Of course. Of course. After How Not to Hate Your Husband for Kids, I, I kept waiting for that big idea and a couple of years passed. I mean, it, it just, and of course, don't you feel, even when you think, it changes day by day, doesn't it? Where you're like, yeah. I've, got, I've got a good idea. I'm going to get, I'm going to get going. And then you're like, I'm, I'm an imposter. Who says I can write? It takes a certain amount of hubris to even say you can write, but then everyone loved your book. And I mean, how much nice feedback did you get? Yeah, I got some good, still getting some good feedback. Of course. It's, it's great. You know, actually I have, like you keep asking me quite, I'm like, I, I see what you're doing. I, uh, I yeah. got, I got yeah, I'm going to keep tossing it back to you but, um, but just because I want to know, but go ahead. Yes. So I, I'm curious between your voice is very much your voice, like the way that you've written mm -hmm. these articles and the way that you wrote the book, it's very much you. I feel like I know you, you know, your, your voice, your style. I feel like, I don't know, maybe it was because in the beginning, my writing was more I had a, a blog that I would do. So it was mostly musings that I would write about. And writing a book for me was felt very different than writing an article. And I, I almost felt like the book gave me an opportunity to really share more of who I was. Mm -hmm. And although that was really exciting, it felt very exposing. Sure. <laughs> you know? Of course. So yeah. I think I think maybe the hesitation I feel is a little bit like I'm recoiling a little bit because it's just like this is a lot of truth out in the world mm -hmm. yeah Did it was your authentic self yeah. yes of course and well especially yes I mean with this with this book like I mean I opened up my marriage to everyone and mm -hmm. I thought oh I'm going to be judged which of course I am because everyone judges it's just human nature right and I kept I don't know if this was your experience but my editor kept telling me throw it all out there. People will respect you more. The more authentic you are, the better, because it's hard not to want to, you know, sand away some of those edges, right? But I found that when I really got in there about my relationship and my anger and all kinds of not so pretty feelings, that that's what people really responded to, you know? And But it is hard. And maybe you do need some time to sort of, to retreat and to, yeah. you know, kind of, marinate for a while and ruminate yeah. and cogitate right and yeah it's, well you, it is a you lot had, to put yourself out there yeah and you had some a gap between your projects right there was some time <laughs> oh, that yeah. you took so did. why did you do that because I I didn't know what I wanted to do next and and I thought okay do I keep kind of going with the you know I read a lot about parenting so I thought well do I go in that direction but then my daughter got a little older and she didn't want me to write about her and I respect that so I thought okay I need to not do that. And then I have an, a literary agent who I would go to her and I would say, I've got this great idea. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And she would say, mm, no, she's very picky. And so I just, <laughs> you know, and then I, and then I thought, 
okay, maybe I could ghostwrite a book for a celebrity. Cause I did that for Karamo Brown, uh, one of the Queer Eye guys. And like, I thought, okay, maybe I'll ghostwrite, you know, what about Cher, what she's doing? And I, I just, I approached all these people. And so I just kept waiting for the idea. And then finally, I don't know if this helps you or not, but I went back to my own life and I'm writing a book about perimenopause because that's what I'm going through. And I noticed that when I talked about it with other people, they sort of came alive. You know, when you do that, you know, on your podcast and stuff, and you know, when people are really responding, yeah. right. And that's, but it took a couple of years and normally I crank things out because I need to get paid, but I just couldn't, I couldn't hit it, but you feel like you have the idea ready. You feel like it's, it's just a matter of refining your idea. I just did probably one of the coolest things I've ever done on my health and wellness journey. So people age at different speeds. The date on your license doesn't really represent your biological age at all. If you're looking for ways to extend your health span and slow down the aging process, the key to health and longevity is in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with the personalized plan to improve your metabolism, reduce stress, improve sleep, and optimize your health for the long haul. Created by leading scientists in aging genetics and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking to identify where you're optimized and where you're not, which is where my sort of ideals of thinking that I'm fully this healthy person and I'm doing everything I can. I was a little bit, I was a little bit shook when I got my results. Here's the best thing is that you get daily action plans with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. Something I wish I would have learned 10 years ago. Add Inner Age 2.0 to any plan for a definitive calculation of your true biological age to see how you're aging from the inside out, which I feel like everybody should do. So for a limited time, you can get 20% off of the entire Inside Tracker store. Go to insidetracker.com forward slash loved. That's insidetracker.com forward slash L-O-V-E-D to get 20% off of the entire Inside Tracker store. insidetracker.com forward slash loved. Yeah, so I have the idea, and I'm happy to mm-hmm. share once we're we're done with you sure. you telling us about how amazing you are. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to share. I feel like I just don't know if this idea is fully integrated into my being yet. And the reason why I say that is because it's something another very personal thing that I feel like I know that people will really respond to this, but at the same time, do I want to spend six months to a year promoting this book and talking about this topic for a year? Do you see what I'm saying? So that's where I, I think I get that hesitation. And although for, for you mm-hmm. specifically with this, so for me, I think what helped me and, and the reason why the, this book resonated so much with me was because I felt that this thing happens, right? When we're in a relationship and Tori and I have been together for 19 years, it'll be 20 years next year. Oh my goodness. Wow. See? I'm like, yeah. see? do you see now why <laughs> it helped so much? And I feel like a lot of those things that happen when two people have full on careers and mm-hmm. we create these sort of separate lives, we're both very independent. Those little things like saying thank you or 
mm-hmm. non-sexualized physical touch, you know, like the little things that begin to dissipate after you've been with somebody for a very long time, they start to create these rifts, you know, where then it's like years and years pass. And I'm like, I don't even know this person actually. Like, who are you again? Like, what mm-hmm. are we? Are we roommates or are we in a relationship? Like, right. do you know what I'm saying? And oh, yes. And so I think that you definitely opened up about your marriage, your relationship. And I'm curious for you, like going out there and talking about it, was it easy for you to just rehash stuff out or, or talk about, okay, these were the issues that were happening in my marriage? And this is how not to hate your husband. Like, do you know what I'm saying? I do. And if it was always fairly easy, the only time it got really weird, I did a radio interview and I remember it's like in Indiana or something. And the the host said to me, oh, we've got 20 people waiting to talk to you and they're all men. And I thought, oh crap, you know, what are you going to say? And and I thought I was going to get like, you know, who are you to, you know, I I thought I was going to be yelled at. But in fact, they wanted to, one by one, they share their story of like, I didn't appreciate my wife. I didn't realize, you know, that she needed this or that. Now I'm divorced. I'm, you know, I have a roommate and I'm 52 years old and like, it, like I'm calling you from the bathroom. And so that was the only time that I thought, oh no, but most of the time, I mean, it's just amazing how you think that these kooky little things are happening in your own life when they're happening to everybody. They're happening to everybody. I would get in a room and I would start sharing some things and thinking, is this weird? Or is anyone else going to relate? And the heads are nodding and everyone's got their hand up and everyone wants to share things. And it's interesting because especially when you've been in a relationship, as long as you have, and I have, because I've been with Tom 20 years also, you talk about certain things about your relationship, but not everything, right? And not in the way that you did when you had a boyfriend and you were like meeting your friends and talking about that or whatever. And it's just, it's a little different because you're protective of them. But you're right. Things like I started noticing that I gave more common courtesy to my UPS guy than Tom. You know, I I never thanked him. Why would I thank him? You know, and there's this sort of almost defensiveness that Mm -hmm. comes out like, why why should I thank you? And I wasn't polite to the person that I love. So, yeah, it, it was weird to put my marriage out there. And I said to Tom, like, are you okay with writing with me writing a book? And he said, yeah, you know, if I could read it, that would be great. But he's a journalist also. So he said, just be truthful. And when I wrote this, I thought, you know, there's a really good chance we were going to split up. I mean, it was, it was, we were at that point. And so I didn't really know how it was going to end. And I thought, wow, if it's a bummer of an ending, number one, I probably won't sell any books books, but I have to be, I have to be truthful if we try all this stuff. Cause it really was, I interview counselors, psychologists, neuroscientists. I interview all these people for a living and it was kind of disturbing how I didn't follow their advice and how, I don't know how I, how I took them for granted a little bit. Mm-hmm. And also how, how our lines of communication, you know, you get stuck like, and I know we sort of talked about this briefly, but like I remember we went to this one therapist and he said, okay, here, I'll back up a little bit. Because when you've been together for a long time, you think that your partner can read your mind mind. and you can't, and and they can't. And like, after I had the baby and the baby, it wasn't the baby per se. It was the huge change in our relationship that set off a bomb. And it, it kind of brought to the fore all the problems that we were having and just like turn them up, you know, and put them on steroids. And so I would, when the baby was born, my daughter named Sylvie, 
I would be like cooking and Tom would be sitting on his phone and I would start to rage cook. Right. And I would think like, why am I doing all the work? I had a long day too. I write for magazines, newspapers and all that stuff. And at the end of the day, we both were done writing and it was like sit on the couch time for Tom. But with me, it was take care of the baby. Yet I was controlling about the baby. So, and I would rage cook, I remember. And I would slam pans and I would like slam the fridge and I cook everything. And I I think like, why are you not helping me? And then we went to a therapist who said, did you tell him what you want? Did you tell him how you feel? And I would say, well, no, but he should know. No, you have to communicate. You have to say what I would like to have happen is like, that's how basic the skills of communication he made me do were. And so I would say, we went through this whole thing. You, you do have to learn to communicate. There is no shame in going to a counselor, none. So it would be, this is how this is making me feel. And a good thing about telling someone how you feel, like I really had to learn. And I would say, Tom, when you're on the couch staring at your phone and I'm cooking dinner, I feel taken advantage of. I feel like I have no help. I feel upset. Well, they can't argue. When you say I feel, they can't argue with how you feel. They could argue with something else. They could get their rebuttal ready. But how you feel is how you feel. So already you've got, I don't want to say the advantage. And then state what you would like to have happen. I would like you to help me unload the dishwasher while I'm cooking. That would make me feel good. Could you do that? These are the things I had to learn. It was it was ridiculous and yet helpful, you know? And then I started doing all this, you know, going back to thank you. I started doing all this research about, there really is very solid research that if you just say the phrase, thank you regularly, one or two times a day to your mate, they'll start saying it back to you. There's a reciprocal effect. And also it reminds you of the things that they do for you. And it really can be something minor. Thank you for handing me a cup of tea or whatever. It doesn't need to be some crazy thing. It doesn't need to be, thank you for being you. You know, it it could just be (laughs) something small, but like these little niceties are great, you know? And um, we went to this guy. I remember before Oprah magazine folded, I, I wrote a column for Oprah and all the Oprah girls, women would say, okay, your marriage is in the toilet. You got to go to the man from Boston. I'm like, who, who's the man from Boston? Now there's two men from Boston that I always used to hear about in the magazine world. One is this, this Russian guy that stops you from smoking. Everyone used to go to a Russian guy in Boston. And then the other was the man from Boston that yells at you. His name's Terry Real. And in fact, he has a book out and, and that's really his name. And he has a book out soon also that's really great. And so I thought, all right, let's go to Boston. So we went to the man from Boston. He's $800 an hour. And we did an entire, I took it out of my book advance. And this is how screwy our marriage was. We brought my daughter to our, he has these, he's weekend long intensives where he tells you, where he yells at you. He tells you exactly what's wrong with your marriage. And it's weirdly exciting. So we brought our daughter because we never used to hire a babysitter. We were too cheap. It's $17 an hour in New York. And also because we never went anywhere or did anything fun, nurtured our relationship. We brought our child to our weekend long marriage intensive, being yelled at, put her in another room, gave her like a bag of candy, an iPad loaded with, I don't even know what. And she said it was the best weekend of her life. So that's all she did while we got yelled at. But Terry Real said, he yelled at Tom first, my husband, and said, what century is this? You got to help her out. 
She's working all day. She's resentful. You're going to get a divorce. Do you know how many couples I see that don't make it? Like, get up, help her. What the hell is wrong with you? And I'm like, this is fun, you know? And then (laughs) his finger went to me and he's like, and you, you climb off the cross. You are a martyr and you are very comfortable with your self-righteous indignation. And I was like, what me? But I was like, there's something safe. I know you talk about feeling safe a lot. There's something safe about feeling self-righteous. There is like where you're feeling like wrong. There's something kind of exciting about it. And that was my safe space. Instead of being more vulnerable and saying, hey, you know what? I'm feeling like this isn't working for me and I need your help. And I feel like we're not partners. I was angry and that felt cleaner to me somehow. It's hard to describe. You know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So I had to learn to be vulnerable. And so Terry really did help. By the end of the weekend, we were like, "Eh." and I remember (laughs) we went back to the hotel and Tom was like, like ordered a double scotch, which he doesn't even drink. And he was like, (laughs) and, but he helped us because there's something very, you know, having a a third partner kind of forensically examine what's going wrong in your marriage. There's, there's nothing like it. You know, your mom's going to side with you or my mom actually sides with Tom a lot of the time. There's one, you know, you know how you have those moms that like, Same. and your parents are going to, you know, your friends, it's just different. And it really did help. And I know counseling is not cheap. You know, there's a couple different ways that I always tell people, because I get a lot of emails, like, how can I get some inexpensive counseling? It's so much money, even when you're, you have insurance and it pays. I always tell people to go to training institutes or universities where they have trainees. Trainees are really great. I've used them and they work on a sliding scale. It can be like 15 bucks. And then another tip that I learned when I did this Times article is if you're a military family, you can get a free Y membership. And the Y a lot of times has counselors. Yeah. And it's so great. Like, so if you can worm your way into the Y and not have it cost money because you're serving your country, like yes. that, so you have to be strategic, I know. And I, I never want to blithely be like, oh, go see a counselor. Because especially in New York, they can be like 250 a pop. Like who can afford that? Okay, friends, it's that time. Well, maybe not for you, but for me it is. I just turned 39 and I felt compelled to start looking for life insurance policies. And look, I want to break all of the norms in my family tradition of lack of financial um, planning. (laughs) And I want to be able to make a difference. So why get life insurance? In an unpredictable economy, life insurance can offer peace of mind that anyone who relies on you financially, a child, a parent, or even a business partner will have a financial cushion if something happens to you. Why get covered now? Life insurance typically gets more expensive as you age, which I just found out. So it's smart to get a policy sooner rather than later. I know that for some, perhaps it's the financial expense, but I have some good news for you. Because by making it easy to compare your options from top companies, Policy Genius can help you make sure that you're not paying a cent more than you have to for the coverage that you need. So Policy Genius is gonna be your ticket. Policy Genius is an insurance comparison website that makes it easy to compare quotes from top companies like AIG and Prudential in one place so you can find your lowest price. You could save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing 
and quotes with Policy Genius. All you have to do is just head over to policygenius.com and get a personalized quote in minutes, and you can find the right policy for your needs. The licensed agents at Policy Genius work with you, not the insurance companies. So they're on hand through the entire process to help you understand the options and so you can make decisions with confidence. For me, it was such a simple and easy process. Policy Genius doesn't add any extra fees. Your personal information is private. Policy Genius doesn't sell your details to third parties. They have thousands of five-star reviews across Google and Trustpilot. Policy Genius has options that offer coverage in as little as a week just to avoid unnecessary medical exams. So you too can find the policy and the coverage that you need. Head over to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. I love that you went there because that would have been the next step is to ask for resources for people. I mean, for me, it was your book that really helped me because all of those things that you you don't think about as a really, and to me, it was the kids. We have dogs. Like, that's my closest comparison. You dogs know? are a lot of work. Dogs they are, are a lot, lot of, work. of work. But I was a rage cooker as well. Like, no. Uh, oh yes. Rage smoothie maker. Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. Just yeah. irritated and annoyed that I'm like, I've literally, or making dinner, I think, is was the worst for me because. It's the end of the day. I've had a long day too. It's like we're right. both self-employed. We both work. We're both tired. Mm-hmm. And I'm the one that's making the food. But it's one of those things where I I didn't use my words. And I. Mm-hmm. it was hard for me to be vulnerable, to ask for what I wanted and to say exactly what you said. I mean, that was a perfect example. Like I would, I feel like I'm getting taken advantage of. And I would really love if you helped me unload the dishwasher or if you would do the dishes in the sink so that I can cook and have a clean space for myself to cook or to make food. Or (laughs) perhaps while I'm doing this, could you wipe down the dinner table and move all the fucking boxes off of the table so that we could have a place to eat? You know, it's just like things like that where... After a while, you don't think about it, but in that moment, you let it fill you with rage and then it yes. can be explosive. And so I really love being able to shine a light on those parts of us that we sort of disregard. It's very difficult sometimes for, look, I'm I'm totally like... I know that my partner is not a mind reader. I'm like, I'm not a mind reader, but I'm very intuitive. And sometimes I feel like I'm perceptive. Why can't you be like me? I can preemptively totally. strike, you know? Yes. Yes. What do I you know. do with that? You know, many women have told me when they're in kind of hetero relationships and they've said, why do I have to tell him what to do? Why? That's just another part of the labor that I don't yes. want. Right. But my answer is always like, we're just not there yet. You know, it's been a lot of years of, you know, kind of patriarchal. We're just not there yet. Maybe, maybe in the future, but not now. And it it is kind of tiring sometimes to say, you know, could you please do that? Because Tom's classic thing, we could just go off the rails now. Tom's thing is, you mentioned the sink. Yeah. His classic thing is let it soak. I'm going to let it soak. And I said, no, no, I know that game. 
I know the yeah. game. He's like, let the water do the work. I'm like, no, no, no. It's let me do the work because it'll drive me crazy. Yeah. And you'll we just have do to it. Get, yeah. And then I couldn't stand the sound of my own voice sometimes because I would explain to him, if the sink is full of dishes that you're letting soak, then I can't do this meal. I can't make this meal because I have no room. We're in a small kitchen. Like, can you just, and then you hear your voice and you're like, oh, whoa, sorry. I got upset. Um, <laughs> she got into it. We're, we're there. That's the kind of conversation we're having right now. Yeah, I know. No, I, totally, I totally agree with you. And, and I think that to me, again, just having the experience, the same experience makes mm-hmm. me feel seen and like, I'm not yes. crazy or like, I'm not a nag you know, my, my terrible word, right? Yeah, I know. I know. Tori, who it's Tori, Tom, mm-hmm. I love that. The tease. Mm-hmm. He's not ever called me a nag or anything, but I feel like it's the same thing that you were saying where I also, my tolerance is so low for him, especially mm-hmm. after all this time. And I feel like a lot of us in relationships, we tend to treat the people closest to us the worst because I feel like there's a level of maybe expectation or maybe it's the mind reading portion of the programming where I feel like you should know better. So since Mm -hmm. you don't, I'm going to lash out at you because you should know to not do this. Where if we go back to sharing how we feel and expressing ourselves, Mm -hmm. I think we would garner a better connection than if we rage cook. Terry Real, the um, guy that we went to, he said, here's your rule going forward, full respect living. And I said, what's that? He said, every interaction you have should not drop below the level of simple respect. And I said, so, but what if I need to vent? He's like, no venting, sorry, no name calling, no yelling, simple respect. And I don't know if you can do that all the time, but that's going to be your bar. And I thought, that's impossible. I need to, you know, express myself, but I really do try. And when I did, everything calmed down a lot with our interactions, you know, and, um, and it helped. And it's, I like things, especially when, when you start to feel angry in the moment, if there's something really short that you can remember, full respect living, that's three words. Cause you know, the red starts coming in, right. And you don't like, and I try and keep that in mind. And then there was all these different experts that I consulted and it wasn't just, um, you know, counselors. I also went to this guy. Do you have a second for a story? And I'll tell you about, Please um, do. That's the FBI what we're doing guy. here. Okay. Yes. So, so I was at the Y and I'm doing my elliptical that I barely move on. And I see this bank heist and I realized I just had an argument with Tom. And I saw that the guys in the bank heist, this guy was like waving a gun around and they calmed him down really fast. They were FBI guys. And I thought, I wonder if they have any tips. So I called up this crisis negotiator from the FBI. He ran the department for like 30 years and he was really big on hostage negotiations when somebody took a hostage. And I thought, well, if anyone knows how to calm people down, he does, right? So his name's Gary. And now we're friends. I had lunch with him. Uh, about a year ago in the city. And so he gave me a bunch of ways that the FBI has developed in order to calm people down when they're an agitated individual, as you put it. So the first is tone is key. And that goes back to what I was saying before, like no one's going to respond to you if you're yelling. 
Tom does a thing. We have this dynamic that's very common, the pursuer and the distancer, where if I yell, he turns off. He looks at his phone. He, he, he goes blank, which makes me matter. And it's not a good dynamic. So I learned, like, he responds better to calm language. Like, if you push someone, they're just going to push back. So, and then contain the situation. Isn't that so FBI language? But it's like, totally. but focus on the argument at hand. Don't, don't start spilling over into someone you went out with 20 years ago. Like, like don't start your list of grievances that you've been waiting to bust out, you know, keep <laughs> it at the situation. And then my favorite was, he said, I remember he rescued a kid. This guy was taking one of his kids hostage or something. And he was talking to the guy and he said that everyone just wants to be shown respect. And so when he would say, what's wrong, sir? And the guy would tell him, and then they do this thing where they paraphrase and he would say, okay, so what you're saying is all it is, is simply repeating what the person's issue is. And so if Tom is upset with me over something, I'll say, okay, so what I'm hearing is, and I repeat it and that instantly calms you down. It's like, oh, I'm feeling heard. I'm feeling heard. You get what I'm trying to get at. Or if I remember one time I was upset that he didn't know who our child's pediatrician was, something you should probably know. And he said, okay, so you're upset that I left the dishes to soak in the sink. And I was like, no. And he said, okay, all right, wait, wait. Okay, you're upset that I left everything out after I made a sandwich and you could tell and, and the ham went bad. And I'm like, no. And after a while I started laughing because he, it was like strike four. And then finally I'm like, our kid was sick and you couldn't take her to the pediatrician because you didn't know where to take her. And he was like, oh yeah. But like, even that can help because if you feel heard another technique, and I know them all now. And even if you know them, it's kind of funny too, because you're like, oh, you're doing that on me, is mirroring. That's where if somebody has a grievance with you, you say, you just kind of repeat the last couple of words. So if they're like, so I'm pissed, you say, and you're pissed. And they're like, yeah, I am. I'm pissed. Another one is when they're talking to you and they're upset about something, you give words of affirmation. So they're talking and you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, yeah, all right. Go on. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That takes the wind out of someone's sails in like two seconds because it's hard to be mad at someone who's going, yep, 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 yep. Right? Oh, emotion labeling. That was another really fun one. It's so if the person's upset, you say, and he he busts these out on me all the time, and I I love it. All you say is you sound as if, or you look as if, although that can be dicey. And so you can sort of feel around and see what they're upset about. And it's labeling emotions. First of all, it's helpful. It's a good skill for anyone to have. Like, how am I feeling? How am I really feeling? Sometimes it engulfs you, right? Or sometimes it's multiple emotions. Or sometimes it's what are called shadow emotions. And those are, you know, there's the emotion that is kind of at the forefront, like maybe you're angry, but there's a shadow emotion too. Like, you know, when I was upset with Tom for not helping me with the dishes, I'm angry, but there's a shadow emotion of like, I feel kind of sad, like you're not helping me out. Like, I feel like you're being all retro and it's depressing me. I feel like you don't respect me. That again, getting at vulnerability, which I know you talk about a lot, is much harder to admit and to locate, especially when you start like cranking up, you know? So that was very helpful too. And then minimal encouragements. Yeah, I think that was all of them. So we go through those a lot and they really... I mean, if there's one thing that has helped more than anything, it's paraphrasing. Because if you don't feel heard, 
first of all, you're going to go, are you hearing me? You know, and, and what did I just say? Do you ever yeah. ask that? Oh, or that's that? me. Just that's me. If they just paraphrase what you say, or if you just do it with your partner, it calms the situation. And if, if you can understand each other, that's a good jumping off place to go to from there. Yeah. You know? I literally want you to be my coach. Like that's just the end of it. I no, but you did. Well, you coached me essentially. I mean, I, I, oh my like God, I said, thank you. I, no, I'm serious. It really, it was though. I love doing self inquiry, but I'm also very quick specifically in relationships. I don't ever do too much inquiry because I feel like I'm perfect and I don't yeah. have, right. You know what I mean? I'm just like, I'm great. If you just behave the way I tell you to behave, our relationship would be Harmony. amazing. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Isn't that so funny? Yeah, yeah, but it was, I think a lot of those blind spots that I noticed about myself that made me realize, oh, like I do that. Like that's me. I'm definitely not uh, allowing myself to be respectful <laughs> to my partner. Mm -hmm. I'm being uh, very short or I'm being like, I'm not appreciative. I'm very much just focused on what I'm not getting. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was a huge help, you know, for, for us anyway. So do you do the thing where you're like, I can't control my temper. And then I went to, I mean, we went to a lot of couples counselors and the, and inevitably they would say, yeah, you can. And I would say, no, I really can't. I just get, I lose control. No. Yeah, you can. You can. And I realized, oh, through these things we tell ourselves, you know, oh, I can't control, but I could, I can, you can. I mean, it takes effort. Sometimes it's more fun to yell. Yeah. Well, I like the, the venting bit too, where I'm like, sometimes I just need to get it out. And I'm like, what do you mean? I can't get it out. I can't just say, I can't just state all of my grievances. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for giving us all the tools. I was going to ask you about the FBI hostage negotiator. <laughs> so thank you so much for bringing that up. Where can people go to connect with you or to get more information? Oh, I'm on. Oh, I need to pay for. I think I'm behind on my payment of jancydon.net, but I might. It might still be on. And I'm on Instagram. And um, <laughs> so that's that's where. And I I have. um. I have a Facebook account. I don't know. Do you, are you on Facebook actively? No. You I have haven't something been on Facebook, Facebook since 2016. <laughs> uh-huh. Really? Yeah. Do you maintain anything on there? Or are you just like totally? It just basically my Instagram just feeds whatever posts on Facebook. Like if I put. Yeah, I same here, same here. Yeah, I just have it feed, but I don't, there's comments on the, apparently there was like an argument at one time. I don't know. Oh, really? I, yeah, I just completely have abandoned Facebook. I'm just not. I just don't, it's like a place where when the book came out, I went on mm -hmm. there to post. And the minute I got on there, it was like one of my relatives was talking about how the world was ending and <laughs> we need to ask for forgiveness yeah. and we're all going to hell and the country. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm just oh, like, I have those relatives too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I, don't ever need to come on. And I posted it. I'm like, these are the reasons why I'm never here. So for all of you that are here, I hang out on Instagram most of the time. Sign up for my newsletter. I send a newsletter out every week. Happy to chat with people there. 
In fact, a lot of the listeners of the podcast, I have given them all my email address. So, so it's just info at radicallylove.com and people can send messages there, or suggest things. And, and it's it's fun. I mean, most of the time my newsletter is is where I communicate with people, but I'm, I'm with mm. you. Do you not do Facebook either? No, but I, I still, you know, my publisher was saying, oh, you should, you should go on there. And I'm like, really? No, still? You know, I guess. I, I've been looking into Substack. Have you? Yes. Yeah. I've been yeah. doing some research. I've not mm. signed up, but right? I've, I've been doing a little bit of research into it just to kind of see how I have a couple of friends, writer friends that are on there. Mm. They seem to really love it. It's a way to communicate directly with their community in a social media type of way. You're already doing something once a week. Anyway, you're very disciplined. Yes. So, yeah. Mm. Mm. I say you should do it. Well, all right. Well, let me think about it some more. Anyway, okay. So all of those links that Jancy just mentioned will be- <laughs> The may or may not work. Yeah, yeah they're going to work. Uh, we'll put them in the show notes and you can connect with her there. If any of this resonated with you, please share it with a friend. Definitely pick up any and all of Jancy's books. We'll put a link. Well, so we'll put a link to everything. So if you are curious, just Thank hit you. the info button and all of the links will be there. There's also a biography that you wrote for Cindy Lauper, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah. Yes. How about that? That was yeah. fun. Yeah. She was a kook, a good kook, not, you know, a fun kook. Yeah. yeah. Fun kook. I love mm-hmm. fun kooks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love them. They're great. So thank you so much. I have a one final question to ask you that I ask sure. all of my guests. And it is how do you feel radically loved? You wanna know something funny? When I have had a bad day, I say to my kid and my husband, Can we go do a sardine can? And the minute we say sardine can, everybody runs upstairs to my bed. We all get under the covers and we all hug each other in a sardine can. And sometimes you just need that sardine can. And that's when I feel radically loved. That's when I feel the happiest when I'm I'm doing my sardine can. And sometimes if I've been at like a weird meeting or something, I think, okay, sardine can in three hours, everything's going to be fine. So that's my weird answer. <laughs> oh, I love this. This is so... The cat too. Got to get the cat in there. Yeah, yeah. you got to get Cats all have the... have to be in the sardine can. Yeah. Oh They're usually glad to do it, right? They're usually like, what's going on? And they run yes. upstairs like the dog. Yeah. Oh, I love this. Thank you so <laughs> much. Thank you so much for all of your work, all of your writings. Like I said, you definitely are one of my heroes, one of my inspirations. Oh my so thank you thank so you. much. Uh, thank you for having me. What fun. So much fun. Thank you. <laughs> and I love that you did this in your car and that it sounds amazing and looks amazing. <laughs> Look at us. <laughs> Everybody, thank you so much for listening. We look forward to having you all back with us in a week. Thank you so much for listening to the Radically Loved Podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Facebook at Radically Loved Rosie, on Instagram at Rosie Acosta, and Twitter at Rosie Acosta. By the way, this is original music by DJ Taz Rashid. You can follow DJ Taz on Spotify and check out the best music for yoga and meditation. This has been a Mod Pod Studio production. Check them out at www.modpodstudio.com. <laughs>